Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young, and I was once a backing singer for Harry Belafonte. Oh, and I'm Vanessa Mitchell, previous owner of The Cage, a medieval prison, one uh, of the world's most haunted houses, ooh. and I am a single parent of two sons, and... You own a car. I own a car, and a beautiful little haunted cottage. In St. Osef, yeah, again. Vanessa. but only haunted nicely, not in a bad way. We're pleased to say. We're pleased to say. So obviously, we have updated you sporadically about the goings on in here. We had your, yeah. we had an old, well, I say sporadically, we had an old, a whole episode dedicated to yeah. your Twilight encounter. Any more? Yeah. Any more Twilight there's, encounters there's, for you? There's a lot of things going on that, to me, are not shocking and are just things where you know you have activity. I think we spoke about, I mean, I can't remember, it's been a while since we did a podcast, you know, John the Lodge, you know, <laughs> that you may have heard on a previous podcast and the experiences he's been having. So he's definitely um, thinking, you know, there definitely is something in the paranormal world. Give us some Whereas, examples. Um, I don't know if we spoke about it. He, he, he said he was woken up the other night with a bell ringing in his ear. Ring, 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 ring. Oh, actually, John, actually, we might be able to get him in. Shall we, shall we see if we can get him oh, in? Shall we see if we can get John? a guest? Bear with us, guys. Okay, John the Lodge is making a cup of tea. We'll come in. I'll back to the bell ringing. All right, here he is. Rather than me explain it. For one night only. John can come in. And when you were in your... Step forward, please, yeah, John the Lodge. Yeah. Come into when our you're in space. Your bedroom and you said to me, Bess, Bess, I was woken up at three in the morning. Oh. It sounded like a bell was ringing in yeah. my ear. Yeah. Right, can you step yeah. forward? Yeah, no, well, I woke up and. Well, they can't I, hear you. Yeah, well, what do you want me to say? There, there, there was a. Yeah. Yeah, when I, I woke up, and there, 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 there's bells, like like someone had a like a butler's bell. Yeah. And was ringing it. And then I said, Are you sure it wasn't outside? No, Are you sure it wasn't? No, it wasn't. No, it was in here. Yeah. And this is John the Lodge, who is the big sceptic. Uh -huh. And so, yeah, that was one of the things. Yeah. And he said, no, they woke me up. They woke me up. <laughs> they keep on nicking my stuff. They keep on moving my stuff. They keep the, the, the pictures falling off. The, it's, it's, yeah, it's all fucked up. Yeah, there's stuff. John doesn't like to talk about it. I don't like to talk about it. John's walking away now. He's had, yeah. he's had enough of that. <laughs> but, again, it's proof that the biggest sceptic, like, on well... I say he's not the biggest skeptic on the planet, but he likes to try and understand the process stuff. Yeah. So we got a little bit of a something, a little something, something going something. on. Um, and obviously... nothing, that, nothing that worries me. I mean, um, there's still activity. Lights are going on and off, what I've noticed before. Things are definitely disappearing. But stuff to me that I've lived with before is just normal that I don't even care about. Um, of course, we talked about the old crone around Halloween time. But that was scary. outside. Yeah, that so, was outside. So is that related to the well, house? Well, it or... came to the house, I don't know. But um, And, of course, I saw the little boy at the top of the stairs. Well, at the top of the stairs, my bedroom door, and I thought it was Jude. And I turned around and went to say, oh, what are you doing or something? But he was a bit taller than Jude. And I can't remember if we've discussed him because we haven't done a podcast for a few weeks. So. But, but nothing that's scary, nothing that I'm worried about, something that's, that's interesting... And actually, we spoke about a bit earlier um, getting cameras in the house, and I thought about that because, of course, when I lived in the cage, 
well, I didn't even have, have internet, didn't even have a mobile phone. That, well, I had a mobile phone, but it probably just made one call to another. There certainly wasn't... Well, that's it. The t technology now... Yeah, it's and, so and different. As, there probably from... was cameras then, but to have them installed it was thousands and thousands of Oh, God, of Jerry, it's way Whereas out Whereas now, you could pick up a an imposter ring doorbell camera yeah, or whatever. for like 60 quid. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, it's much more accessible. Um, I mean, in the case days, I had a mobile phone, but it certainly didn't take pictures. So even then, I didn't have... Or maybe they existed. Again, I certainly didn't have the money to when they first came out, a mobile phone that took pictures. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that we're um, going to carry on monitoring and just see, you know. Well, because uh, my Jake has installed a camera in the lounge downstairs and I said, please just get rid of it because sometimes... It's better the devil you know, do you know what I mean? Sometimes ignorance is bliss and it's sometimes it's nicer just not to know things. Just not to know. Um, and just live a nice, happy, peaceful life. So there may be an update for my house one day, but I've deleted the app because I don't want to know. Yeah. But like I said, she went, no doubt if there is something, Jake will go, oh, look at this, Fred, look at this. And I'll be going, great. Now I don't want yeah. to go sit downstairs anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it ruined, yeah, exactly. That's the whole point, yeah. Just want to, just want to plod through life. With yeah, no, without no, too much no dramas. undue paranormal activity, which is going to terrify you in your own house. You know, that's the difference. We can all talk about it and watch it on TV and go to investigations, but when it interferes with your own home and your own life, it's a different story. Correct. So um, the topic of this week's episode uh, is supernatural. Well, it's, it's a bit out there. It's a bit I out mean, there. It's not, not something that... I don't think we've done uh, werewolves before. No. So this will be uh, your first werewolf episode. Are we recording this on a full moon? We might be. Oh, I don't know. We might be. Who knows? Um, this case is, why we're talking about it is because Ed and Lorraine Warren got involved in it. I think there's so many werewolf cases or uh, skunk monkeys and various um, oh, sightings yeah. and, th and things like that, like... Cryptids. There's, yeah, there's lots of cryptids, cryptids yes. around the world, but um, there's lots of variations of what yeah. people, what you could perceive as a werewolf. There's lots of sightings. There's lots of stories. Half but, man, half but we're just gonna just do but we've, this one. We've honed into this because listen, it's the South End werewolf. South End's only up the road. Yeah, not far from us. It's only around the corner from us in the UK, England. Uh, it's Ed and Lorraine. Um, I don't I don't buy into them much, but I know that a lot of people do. Uh, follow their their history and their stories and stuff and and um, they're obviously well respected people in this community um so I th we're going to cover that, this that one their name gives a little bit of credence to it so we yeah. have, i think we have to look into it um if it was a, a werewolf say in um north america or carolina or you know where where these things are often reported i'd have more interest in it uh in fact it's in the south end uh, a seaside town um, not sure I'm buying into it, but let's give it a crack. So um, our English listeners will know Southend, would have heard of Southend. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. So it's kind of uh, on the southeast coast-ish, Essex way, um, seaside town. It's very seasonal. So yeah. during the summer, is ram-packed full of chip eaters. Uh, holiday makers. Yeah, holiday makers, um, 
amusements. Amu it's, it's, yeah, it's, there's a big strip with just all of amusements and bright lights. They've got like a little theme park on the yeah. pier, haven't they? And little nightclubs. It's very, it's very English. It's, 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 it's a, very it's, UK. It's it very is, traditional um, English. It is a traditional UK town. It's quite. Um, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say impoverished, but as a lot of seaside, seaside towns, towns do, they, yeah. they do suffer because a lot of the work there is seasonal. Um, so there is there is poverty in that area and it's maybe uh, past its heyday. Uh, I think seaside towns in the UK were amazing in Victorian times and even a lot long time after. Clacton, we're quite lucky here. We're a seaside town, but they invest so much money into this town. Every year the same different. Not sure on Southend because I haven't been for many years. You um, kind of get the gist, I suppose. Yeah, the, it's a know, seaside town. It's, it's a seaside town. There's things there, and they're trying to. It's, On it's, the North Sea. They're trying to build it up a little bit, but that's just to give you a little bit of um, contextual Facts, yeah. information of the area that this is yeah, based. Just Google it. Just Google South. Just End. Google South End. Yeah, that'd be easier. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, Instead of us trying to, because <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know anything about. It. We haven't been for ages. So. Uh, and it's affectionately known here as South End. South End. South End. Spell S A F F E N D. South End. Cool. So we are in South End. 1952, mm. uh, where a young, young boy, William Ramsey, or Bill, we'll call him. Yeah. So he was born and bred in the town of Southend. And the first sign of trouble come when he was around nine years old. Right. So it all happened uh, on a Saturday afternoon, like I said, in 1952. So he was outside playing, uh, being a nine-year-old boy, prattling about. And it uh, started to feel a little bit strange. So he described it as an icy blast of frigid cold swept all over him. Um, the sweat froze on his skin and a foul stench came close to making him vomit. The bewildered youngster only had two things on his mind in this moment. Mm. Running away to a life but on the ocean wave and yeah. wolves. Oh. Oh. Now, let's just let's just break it down in the, from this first little bit. A nine-year-old boy as as a bit of a cold sweat. There's so a, there's, fifty-two, not too long after the war. You know, not so he would have been a bubba at the end of it. So what? Nineteen forty-five. It ended. Yeah, fifty-two. So it's only yeah, so he'd a bit. He'd have been. Not... He well, he wouldn't have had much of a memory of it. I wouldn't think. Um, but. In his head but I thinking mean the of, landscape and how, you know, that, that was just, just after the war, probably there were still buildings down, there was still a lot of, you know, trot, but yeah, go on. Anyway, but then thinking about running to a, a life by the sea and being with wolves. And sorry, where where was he again when he um, experienced this smell? In his back garden. Right, so he wasn't in the woods, he wasn't... No, ah, just ah. in the garden. Well, he might have ran, read, read a scary novel. Well, the drains were kicking up. Yeah. yeah. So, so far, I'm, I'm not thinking much of this. No, but it gets too. better, it gets oh, better. Right, go on right. By this time, he was close to the garden fence and the only calls of his... And it was only the calls of his mother that brought him out of whatever he whatever had gripped him. So he yeah, was obviously yeah. in a bit of a trance and his mum's yeah, going, Bill, what are you doing? Yeah, in trouble here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... When he come to, something else completely took control of him. 
um, and he was overtaken by an intense and pure rage and he charged at his um, no he didn't charge at his mother not yet so he'd uprooted a fence post in this moment so his mum's calling him yeah and then he doesn't know what's come over him but he's just full of rage and um i don't know just anger anger and yeah. uproots a fence post which takes a lot of strength and energy it, yeah i think as a i say as a grown man i'm very slight <laughs> <laughs> I would struggle to do that because no, I, I, I fence think... posts are concreted into the ground as I know, well. but if it's a genuine case and even the energy, we know how that kind of like, um, that kind of energy works. Um, if you have enough anger energy, it's, it's kind of possible. You know, listen, women lift cars off their children in weird situations, yeah, yeah, you, know, with, you know, and it can happen. We kind of know that, but. Anyway, carry on. So anyway, see. so he's uprooted this fence post and he's swinging it around like a club. Um, oh, well, that's a bit different. He's both of his parents now. So dad's got involved with this. Yeah. Both of them have got out, gone out there and they're trying to wrestle this fence post off of their kid. Right. And um, neither of them could manage to get near or, or wrestle it from him. So they kind of fled back inside the house for safety, which I question why... Mm. I know it might be scary, that's, but that's your nine-year-old kid. You never leave him. Yeah. You, you, you die for him. You don't. Uh, which I, yeah, yeah that's, that's what, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that. So that, that they've run back inside. So they're leaving Bill or William um, isolated outside by himself in the garden with this fence post swinging it around. So um, after this, he placed the wire meshing from the fence. It was a wire fence into his mouth and began gnawing at it. The cold sensations returned and a low growl emanated from deep within him. Both of his parents remained inside the house until it was apparent that their son had calmed down. So this is their first kind of encounter okay. with uh, maybe Bill's Extreme other side. Behavior, Extreme behaviour. Extreme behaviour. Now this is, this is just an interesting way to put it, you know. You know, we've got super nanny and stuff. We we know, and I've worked with kids. I know that kids are strange. Kids yeah. can display strange behaviours. Kids often often are um, extreme in their behaviours as well. Is this just a kid playing up? Um, you know, he's had he's no, had a, he's I, had I a bit of a... that is not a classic. When kids are ripping fence posts and growling, that's not normal. Normal kids of his age, he's nine. Uh, start performing, but probably not like that. So if we believe what is going on, there's and something. I, and extra, I think as well, but is if we believe it, that, that that's a clue here. And I think as well, um, normally with that kind of behaviour, there's a pattern, and there's a consistency. Yeah. And this was a one-off. So there's been nothing leading up to this point. Yeah. This is just he's acting like this, and they're like, "What is going on? What is yeah. going on?" And then there's nothing enough for them to be so scared. So they've run and left they, him in the garden. They've left him to yeah. So nothing happens then after this for another for another fifteen years. So oh. we had the incident at nine, and then fifteen years goes by, and. Um, there's nothing even remotely similar that's happened right, to okay. Bill or to people yeah, around yeah, him or anything yeah. like that. So at this point, he would be 24, maybe 25. Mm -hmm. He's grown up. He's got married. He's now a father of three. Yeah. Uh, he's so, got a job. He's a, he's a fully functioning grown adult by the sounds of it. Yeah. 
So the first two years of his marriage, however, were plagued by nightmares. Each dream was the same and the results ended up identical as well. Ramsey always awoke in a cold sweat and was overwhelmed by feelings of dread and unease. In his dreams, he was always a few steps behind his wife, who would then turn to face him and then run away in extreme terror. It was only in 1967 that these dreams ended. 18 months on, Bill woke up one night to hear what he thought was the panting of a wild animal, animal, animal from somewhere inside the bedroom. But once he'd come, like realised what it was, he'd realised it was him. Yeah. Panting yeah. And, and being unusual. Mm. So what what do we think about that? I mean, reoccurring nightmares are not unusual. And I suppose you could, if you were to look at a dream interpretation of that, it's the first two years of their marriage. Maybe he's feeling a bit of an imposter and no, his wife's this... turning from him because... You know, maybe he's worried and concerned about if is he being a good husband or not. Maybe but that's playing on his mind. But we know at the same time that night terrors and horrific nightmares for adults and kids are classic paranormal. It's just classic. You know, whatever it is, whether it's cryptids or whether it's spirits or, or demons, whatever it is, we know can affect nightmares. We know that because we know it on lots of cases before. Um so I'm definitely not saying the nightmares are just him just having a little drama. They could definitely be something that could be paranormal. They could, but I think maybe... I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's definitely... Possible. I think also as well, dreams are our body's way of um, processing information. It's often done in an unusual way that we don't understand, but it's that but the brain's that. way of... And no. it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's the first two years of his marriage... It's a time of transition, which we find often is when dreams and nightmares come. When things are new, things are different. No, but You've got to look at the time period. If he's got married, that means he's moved in, moved away from his parents. I moving... understand what you're saying, but I completely disagree. Because he's happy, he's got married, it should be exciting time. I understand we have stress dreams, and stress dreams do come out in crazy ways in our dream state, we know that. But we also know that there is... I mean, I, I'm a big believer that spirit and the unusual can communicate through Oh, dreams. definitely, I mean, definitely. I definitely think they can. And I don't think it was just, oh, he was just stressed out. You know, I had reoccurring dreams as a child for same dream over and over. That wasn't a stress dream, I wasn't stressed. I was actually a very, very happy, safe, secure little girl. There wasn't any worries in my life at all, apart from little spooks and stuff. And I believe mine were spirit dreams, and I think like him. But that's but I I you're I understand. Talking about he's just had loads of drama. No, but I understand. Core stress dreams. It's not about it being a stress dream. It's about new parts of his life, and you don't know what worries he's because it, 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 I, I don't know that. You know, was the marriage a happy one? Did this, did it start off yeah, well? Yeah. Was he was he like desperately trying to be a perfect husband yeah. and not feeling like he was? Was he expected to marry only? Yeah, really want to? do you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of contextual a, information yeah. that would inform us but, whether or not that is. I'm just I'm just offering you both sides of that. I would say to you, in cold blood, 50-50 could be both issues. Yeah, it could have been stress and anxiety, and it could have been actually because we do know that unusual and paranormal communicate through us through dreams. So to me. It's 50-50 what it could have been at this stage. And what thinking. so what about when we think about him waking up and him thinking there's an animal in the room panting, but actually it's him? 
Well, I wouldn't say that's his own stress. I mean, unless he's on a no, farm no, no, I'm saying, no, and he's, no, and he I'm, works I'm, with I'm, animals all the time, no, and he's. I'm saying that's not part of his dream. This, so he's woken up in the night, and he's heard panting, and he's like, "Oh shit." There's but a fox, we, fox has got in or something. But also, but being scientific, we know that within the dream state and we wake out, we, when we wake, come out of the dream state, there's a few seconds there or in a minute where your brain has to refocus. It could have been a really bad dream and he's woken up panting. I've woken up in a dream state doing all sorts of things. No, that's the thing, you, you know, yeah, you've got your sleep state, paralysis your and things take, yeah. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, for that, I think we need to ignore that. I mean, that, that would be possible. If yeah. If he was dreaming about... a. I've, a dog yeah. or a or a wolf or, or anything. I don't think that's particularly paranormal. Well, listen, again, I'm going to say I think it could be 50-50. We know it happens and we, we know both sides happen. 50-50, I can go with the dreams because and without the full lot of information, you can't really give the answer. So I'm not going to turn around and discredit the fella and say he's a liar. But I'm just give, offering the other side of the argument there. But I think the panting, I'm more 90-10. I think you're really hit the nail on the head with I think maybe he is in that mid dream waking yeah, state yeah. and has maybe heard himself we know human beings wake up crying and screaming from a dream yeah, state yeah of course yeah. and even little children are nightmares wake up crying you know there's that, that there's that time between the dream state and being fully conscious we, we, we know so I mean that's I won't say that's paranormal that could easily be so that's normal. just so then that's a that's kind of mid bit of his life yeah, yeah, yeah. then things quieten down again for around yeah. 15 years now i don't know if the 15 is significant yeah, that's it, yeah you know off the top of my head i can't give you any significant information about 15 years whether it's important like in terms of like religion or spirituality or, or anything like that i can't really think if 15 years is or the cycle of a yeah. cryptid werewolf who yeah. comes back every 15 years. Every 15 years. years. It's not really a story yeah. or anything. It's not part of any myth or legend I know either. So, anyway, like I said, so things quieten down again and 15 years go by. And now it is 1983. Right. What was you doing? Uh, school. I was at school in 1983. Living Primus, your best life? Primus, well, not living my best, no. Having a nice time. I was in my best life in the early 90s. Right. Uh, not in 1983. <laughs> well, anyway, Bill was living his best life because he was at the pub with yeah. some of his friends. Mm. And after several drinks, Bill began to feel the same icy chills that had first come to him when he was nine years old. Yeah. He made an excuse and headed off to the toilet. Once there, he checked himself in the mirror and saw a werewolf looking back at him. Mm. Now, things are starting to ramp up a little bit. So, obviously, he's had a few drinks, but I'd like to think, no matter how drunk I was, I'd be able to tell if I was a werewolf or not. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm was he taking acids? Well, it was '83. The '80s. I mean, uh, you know, acid was really popular in the '60s. It's possible he, he dropped a few little. Yeah, it, it's possible. It's possible. Do we know um, if I'm he was really, getting really... visuals? Do we know if he was... Um... Well, this is the first time that he is in the flesh scene, like, oh, I'm a werewolf. Yeah. So we just have to trust that he... Trust in his... Okay, so the information, we have to trust he wasn't on any drugs at all. So we have to trust the information. Correct. We can pick it apart all day long, but we have to trust what, what we're told. So... 
So, anyway. He wasn't on drugs. He's at the pub. He's turned into a werewolf in the toilet. Yeah. But um, has decided to go home. Now, I don't know if he's gone back out and carried on drinking. Yeah. Or if he's left immediately. But we're now skipping ahead to on his way home. So, he's in a car. And without any warning, Bill began to growl and immediately turned to his fellow passioner. Both of Passioner? What did I say? Passioner. Passenger. Passenger. You are just such a weirdo. Why can't... You're such an intelligent man. You never get your words right. I actually quite like it. I can't but read. Yeah. Passioner. Uh, fellow passioner. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's a passenger. Pass, pass, passioner. I love it when you get things. You never get anything wrong, but I love it when you get words wrong. Passioner. That is uh, when you... Um, it's another word for dogged. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he's began to growl in the car and turned to his fellow passenger. Both of his hands <laughs> twisted into claws and he tried to bite the leg of his friend. Mm. The designated driver didn't panic. He brought the car to a stop and made attempts to get a raging bill out of the back of the car. It took several minutes and quite a bit of effort to finally get Bill out of the car. By now... Um, the frenzy had dissipated. So he he's obviously in the car, had a bit of a moment. He's had a turn. And, he's on tried, the turn. and, and tried, tried to attack to his mate yeah, in the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. Now, again, you could argue that he's had a bit of a like a drug rage. Again, if, 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 he'd, if he'd had a nice little trade, it's very possible that he saw himself, you know, because if he thought there was a werewolf or a mad dog, and now he's paranoid. If he's had a little bit of acid, and obviously that comes back in the break, you, you know, we don't know. I mean, I'm always quite sceptical of werewolves in Southend. So, I mean, and I don't want to be a sceptic because I hate sceptics because they just try and poo-hoo th things that are obviously, you know, very, very real. But on this one, Freddie, I, I'm not buying it. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, evidence thus far, I am struggling with. However, we've not heard the full story yet, so yes. we will we will We're crack on. We'll crack on and just see how uh, how this develops. Oh. So the worst was to come. Ooh. Oh, so it gets worse, but again, not for another eighteen months. So there's there's periods of time between yeah. events, and but they're spanning these whole life, which I think is which I think is interesting. Yeah. It lends a little something to the story. Um, so shortly before Christmas 1983, Bill begins to suffer from chest pains. His thoughts immediately turn to a possible heart attack, which they would. Of course. Bill checked himself into um, A&E yeah. at the local hospital and was halfway through a blood pressure examination when he sank his teeth into the arm of the nurse and ran through the ward as a man possessed. That's a bit weird. That's a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, that's not normal behaviour. Unless you're on drugs. Unless you're on drugs. Witnesses would later reveal that Bill had hunched his shoulders and both hands had curled into talons or claws and bared lips just like a rabid animal. Anyone that dared approach was knocked down easily with almost superhuman strength. It took quite a few people working as a team to finally subdue um, Bill. A police officer managed to place handcuffs around um, his wrists, but still this was not sufficient. A tranquilizer finally put an end to the outburst. Mm. Now, this is where things are starting to get a bit interesting and are ramping up a little bit. 
Now, I buy into this a little bit more because there's witnesses, there's a policeman. Also, if you're an angel dust, you've got the strength of 10 men. So there's No, but it's even no... just the way he started to carry himself. So he's he's hunched. Yeah, he's you he's know you kind can do of. That. If, you're, if your brain is wired and you're. you're... Go on, carry on. I, I'm, not, I'm being a bit. I don't want to be too sceptical, but go on, carry on. The following morning, the tranquilizer had worn off, and so did the original transformation. After a hearty breakfast, the attending doctor listened to the whole story and recommended that Bill <laughs> remains under observation. Probably yeah. We need to section him. Yeah. Does it say, did they do any blood tests on him? Did They, they never got a chance. Don't, we don't have that information. They never got a chance. We, we might do, anyway. Mm. Um, however, um, as he was um, a voluntary patient, he was fully entitled to check himself out. Yeah. Bill did so, but was back within the span of two months. Right. In January 1984, Bill had just finished a visit to his mother when he began to feel an attack coming on. <laughs> he made it to the same hospital on the same terms of his previous visit. Yeah. The attending nurse <laughs> probably was like, fuck oh, this. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Him again. He's a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> get, get the tetanus shots ready. He's going to bite everyone. The attending nurse was alone <laughs> with Ramsey in the emergency room, brave, and feared for her life once she told Ramsey that she was going to go find a doctor. Um, Ramsey threw to one side. Ramsey threw himself to one side and lunged for an orderly, um, which are orderlies are the wheel you around in the yeah. wheelchairs, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, by chance, four police officers entered the hospital and immediately circled him. The officers and Ramsey had a standoff for a few minutes until he began snarling and growling at all four of them. The policeman advanced on him, who defended himself with some vigour. That's, <laughs> that's a very British yeah, way to say. Yeah, yeah. with some vigour. That is how <laughs> aggressive we get. Well, they did back in England well, in the day. Well, with some vigour. Well, yeah, he put a little bit of vigour. Anyway, one of the four police officers suffered <laughs> um, wounds so severe that he ended up in the hospital for another four days. All four managed to handcuff uh, Bill again. The short walk to the waiting squad car went off without incident, as Bill had apparently regained his faculties at this point, mm, once mm. he was in cuffs. He'd come down. When he... <laughs> He realised, he went, yeah. oh, the werewolf ain't going to work this time, is it? Yeah. When he arrived at the local police station, they immediately summoned the police surgeon. Bill considered the suggestion of ch checking himself into a mental institution, but decided against it, citing the stigma that he might feel in the days to follow. Mm. Since he was clearly in control and rational, Bill was released. Again, this fella keeps biting people, attacking people, attacking police officers, but he's just wandering around. But I would kind of get it if, if in between I had, had nightmares, I saw a werewolf in my room, I had, and there's nothing of that in the story. I mean, I'm interested actually to see where it's worthy, where Ed and Lorraine are even getting involved in this story, because to me, I'm over it already. Wait until you hear this. So bit. I just, you know. Wait until, this, wait until you hear this, right? Go. In the summer of 1987, so a couple of years down the line again, it was black, black, back at the police station. Yeah. However, this time he had made a citizen's arrest of a local teenage prostitute. He, he drove her to the station. The second Aww. that he parked his car, she fled into the station. B 
Bill once again felt the now familiar sensations surging from the middle of his chest. But he was going to turn into a werewolf. Oh, oh. yeah, because she she was doing what, like, not what he wanted her to do. Basically, is what yeah, I'm like. He just got pissed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Made it made a citizen's arrest yeah. of a teenage prostitute. Right. Okay. I mean, why is he making himself anyway? Anyway, go on. Carry anyway, on. yeah, yeah. Um, and and it was just as a burly policeman approached the car. The officer, considerably bigger than Bill, started to question him and made the big mistake of gently touching Bill's arm. Mm. The wolf within him took immediate hold and the officer was thrown to the ground and was having the life choked out of him <laughs> until help finally came. <laughs> Bill was so wild and so frenzied that it took a dozen policemen to hold him down and Lord have mercy. two injections of tranquilizer to finally restrain him. Right, obviously that's not true. So carry on, because obviously that's not true. Well, but when the police are in, you know, there's an element right. of credibility. Right, well, there's not 12 police and, and two injections. Because when you get one, the right, go on. For the next 10 days, <sighs> and after countless MRIs, extra x-rays and psychiatric tests, they could not determine what was wrong with Bill. Clearly there was some issue that needed resolving. Mm. Nobody He's should alone. nobody should really be switching from a mild-mannered <laughs> rationale into a rampaging berserker. Um, and then back again <coughs> so very quickly. Um Yeah, this that's that's kind of Bill's story. I, I you know it just I mean, why was the Ed and Lorraine Warren thing involved in So this? here we go. Yeah, they, because I, I so obviously so we've poo-hooed the story most of the way through. I for me, this is a man with either mental illness or a drug addiction or an element of both yeah. that feed into each other. You know, the the, the flipping back and forwards. He wouldn't be the forwards. first fella that's off his nut that thinks he's a werewolf. werewolf you know, listen, and attacking you know. people yeah. and biting people. You or know, worse. You know, thinking he's having a heart attack and things like that. Again, well, listen, it goes with the racing and the drug. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced. Anyway, not so we, we move on now to Ed and Lorraine Warren yes. and their involvement with this case. So, uh, there, he was visited by Ed and Lorraine Warren after his story appeared on a television show um, at the time of their stay in England. Lorraine immediately uh, considered that Bill was being possessed and got in touch with the South End on Sea Police Station. After chatting um, between them, the, the Warrens attained the opportunity to speak to um, the Ramses. So it's Bill and the family. Yeah. The Warrens negotiated with Bill and finally convinced him to come to their church in Connecticut and undergo an exorcism with their own specialist, Bishop Robert McKenna. Bill relented and uh, made the trip with his wife in 1989. A tabloid newspaper, The People, sponsored the trip. The night before the exorcism was due to take place, Bill tried to strangle his wife while she slept. When the exorcism actually began, Bill was not at all impressed. The service was being conducted in Latin, and for half an hour, nothing happened. Bill then took on a completely different appearance. His face contorted, and both hands formed claws. McKenna condemned, oh, com commanded the demon to leave. Um, the full force of Werewolf Fury descended uh, one more time and then disappeared for good. The whole event was recorded on film, apparently. Uh, I've not seen this film. I don't know where the film is. I don't know if it still exists. I, ju I just think... Let's, let's, let's just, yeah, let's just Google this. I mean... um, Bill Ramsey, Exorcism video. Let's have a look. 
I think if Ed and Lorraine came to it, Website you know, visitors bouncing. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Like not at buying all. it. I'm not buying it. I can't find a video online. Do you know why? Probably because it doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. Anyway. I just think it's a shame. Ed and Lorraine, we know, did some really good work. We know that. And, and as, as much as they knew in their field of expertise, they were groundbreaking. Um, they were leading the charge in paranormal. But when they kind of put their name to silly things like this, I think it's like, really? You know, obviously they're in England at a the time. They felt they had to, maybe some journalists said, come on. Yeah, but don't put your name to it. Because to me, and I hate sceptics and I hate people to say, man, it didn't happen. Because I know some crazy, crazy shit can happen. I know that. But this one, Freddie... It's not a bit of me. I'm not buying it at all, actually. None of it. Yeah. It's... What about you? What are you thinking? I, I really, really, really think it's just... Um, I'm not saying that Bill didn't think that these episodes were happening, but I do think they were all very internalised. I think that here yeah. we have a, a mixture of poor mental health yeah. and potentially... I know, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Uh, slander slander him yeah. anyway but you know it, it may be dabbling with drugs and the effects of drugs or a bit too much booze or a bit too much booze Whatever or, it is, yeah. or even as well just you know maybe that incident happened at nine years old and you know the thing is because it was so that, far apart i think if somebody is like genuinely it, 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 like it was like almost it happened and then in the background of his unconscious well, yeah. it's there and then every now and again, it's like it just pops up again, and then and then yeah. and then things start to happen. But I think if you are genuinely possessed by the spirit, or or or, or by a werewolf, by a cryptid, why, I, why I, would I you think... why would you be leading a normal life for fifteen years yeah, and then just every now and again biting the nurse? Every now and then, when you was down the yeah, or in a very stressful state, or you know, obviously in hospital, obviously it's a stress. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm not even I'm not into it at all. And, and that's all right because you know we don't. Everything we don't say is blinding. I mean, I just think this no, is one and that's listen, just not. And it's it's not um, minimising what he went through in any way, but I just think maybe the uh, manner in which it happened. He's obviously it, gone through it in some kind of way. In some but kind of way. Probably not. He's probably not a real werewolf. No. Well, he he's not. Let's, you know, let's just say it. He, he's definitely not a werewolf. No. I wonder if he's got a beard or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, did he watch werewolf movies as a kid that somewhere slept in his brain? Do you know what? Let's... And that when um, he was older, when he was in a panic, you know, upset state, it reared in his head because he was scared of it as a child. There's so many more reasons. Well, just saying, American Werewolf in London come out in 1981. Huge film. Agreed? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's, um, he's then first real experience of visualising the werewolf. Um, so it was in 1983 that he was in the pub and attacked his right, friend. Okay. So, you know, so it could it's be. not too far out of the way to think that yeah. he's seen it. Terrified him, stayed in the... And he's it stayed in his, his subconscious uh, yeah. and then his mind just put all these bits together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's things like that. And he that could you... have had a condition, you know, that, that happened to him, you know, a mental condition, whatever it is, you know. That that would happen. The fellow's obviously experiencing something. Do I think he's a werewolf? Is it paranormal? I'm going to say no. Well, this story has an ending. Right. So, Bill Ramsey last appeared in um, 
public in 1992. Well, he's probably gone out since then, but a first like, public appearance, last public appearance, was in 1992, uh, where he updated everyone on his progress, how he's doing. Yeah. Um, so he claimed that just before the exorcism, the transformations were increasing uh, in both frequency and seriousness. Since that time, there have been no incidents recorded and no one has been rampaging uncontrollably through the streets of Southend or in the hospital. So, um, yeah, the exorcism obviously worked and all is calm and all is well. Mm. All right, well... Well, dear listener, it's up for you to decide. What do you think of the South End werewolf? Well, personally, it's a no from me. Mm. But I wasn't there, so I can't say that categorically. I hate to discredit anything, but this one, I'm just going to be a hundred percent. That was not paranormal, and I, I've never done it yet. Have on a podcast, never once, because I always think crazy shit happens and. And I understand and I know that from my own experiences. But this one, first time ever, I'm going to say is a no from me. But uh, I, I would be convinced otherwise with more information. But right now, off the back of what we've got, absolutely no way. He was not possessed or taken over by a werewolf. No. Um, obviously, guys, it's it, everything's open to interpretation. You may well be a staunch believer in the Southend werewolf, and that's absolutely fine. For us, it's a no. But we can only judge off researched information, and Correct. what we have is very little, to be honest. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, if I sat with uh, good old Bill and he told me his story, it might make yeah. for a more convincing tale. Yeah. But, you know, personally, yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm out of that one. Um, so, yes, guys, that was the story of the South End werewolf and uh, how Ed and Lorraine got themselves involved. Mm. Interesting. Well, I think we know from that they were in England at the time. A journalist said to them, they, it was a bit lip service. They came and investigate. You know, it was just one of those things. I don't think for a minute they would have investigated that if they weren't in the UK at the time and a journalist drove a man and said, come, come. Do you I, I think, think maybe as well it's almost like it's just another thing to add to their repertoire? How many, that is exactly how, what I'm saying. How many people have come out with werewolf cases? You know, like, oh, I'm, exactly I'm a what werewolf. I'm saying, but it's a shame because they didn't have to because they actually did some really bona fide, serious, and, and I feel genuine cases. But just to be a bit... Pre to do, no. And it's a shame because just say, actually... Or just say, don't put our name to it. We've looked... Because Ed and Rome were like serious in demonology and everything. You know, they really researched their cases. This just sounds like they had 10 minutes. And we've actually done another case of a poltergeist case in London where Ed and Rela Lorraine were briefly involved, went there for, well, I went was, there for I half was, an I, hour. I just want to... Because a lot, a lot of people... So it's the Enfield haunting, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's they kind of went there. It's a huge, huge paranormal. Everyone's like, yeah. Well, they, they made an, um, a conjuring film about it. Um, as if they was there for weeks but on end. But Ed and Lorraine were there for, no, for less than a day. Exactly. And if you did, because we found this out from John Fraser, who yeah. is a member of the SBR, which yeah, is the, Society the, of the, the leading, if you're you know, if going to take gospel from anyone, you take it from the SBR. They have the the documentation, the, the everything from that which case. Which is the Society of Psychical Research in London. They're the four leading experts and, ha and have been for, God, hundreds of years. Um, or well over 100 years, um, for serious, serious psychical and, and paranormal research. Now, 
Ed and Lorraine, because they turned up for four hours in the afternoon, does yeah. not make that a genuine case. And it, and they wasn't there researching. They was there yeah. and they sat, had a All cup of tea, said, have, a, oh, yeah. have a chat oh, uh, uh, and then left. And they, you they... can't do that. No. But I think by then they'd got so famous, it was a case of, if I was them, I'd just say, listen, my research is off the back of dedicated, hard and genuine research. I'm not going to put my name to this because I can't stay here for four and five days and research this. And, you know, and again, like you say with the Enfield Hauntings, it's just don't put their name to stuff. I mean, we know the Enfield Hauntings was a genuine haunting case. We know that. But they only turned up for 10 minutes. So let's not make it all about them. Correct. So if you take anything from this episode, is that um, be careful what you do in South End, especially of a night yeah. and when it's a full moon. And that's not even about the werewolves. That's just the locals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's like, um, don't take everything at face value. So I, I reckon, no. I reckon that I would say ninety-seven percent of people that follow Ed and Lorraine Warren, yeah, I very much believe that they was there at the Enfield Haunting and done everything yeah, and everything but was magical. Really but they wasn't. Look at your research. Really, really, really look at don't it. believe what the movies and the cinemas movies say. Because a lot of it, really Google and look into it. Because a lot of time, it's just I, rubbish. But in all it. fairness, I don't because it's the SBR's records. I don't necessarily think that that's accessible online. But it's you know, talk to people. There's a lot of knowledge out there. You just even to... if you Google, you can see, especially the Enfield haunting case. We've researched it ourselves, or you have. You can see they were only there for one afternoon or something, so or one day. You know, but the SPR yeah. were there an extensive time. So really. Ed and Lorraine got a bit of credit for that, but it, it was the guys from the SPR that were in that house day after day after day after day. And John Fraser from the SPR, he actually knew the man. He's, he's died yeah. now, but he knew the man. And I spoke to John extensively about this, and he said, as far as John is concerned, most of the facts on the movie were correct, apart from a few things. He said, no, nobody ever got flung up against the ceiling. He said, it's rubbish. From the notes from the original man, back in the day from the SPR, so the Ed and Lorraine Warren connection is just rubbish. They just turned up for a bit of media coverage. But that was, the real thing was the SPR and what really happened in that house. And it wasn't really anything to do with Ed and Lorraine. They were just nice names for media. Correct. And that's that, guys. So, um, Happy New Year. Blessed yeah. be 2023. Yeah, let's see what dramas happen this year. Well, Lord listen, have mercy. Listen, they've started already. It's Honestly, only the fifteenth of January. <laughs> and it's all it's all up all up the spout. Well, this is the uh, the air and the spare signing out. Ciao for now. Bye.